Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda, and today we have a beautiful guest, Amy White. Um, Amy is a medium and intuitive coach, also a Reiki master teacher. And before we jump into the conversation, just welcome to the show, Amy. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Oh, I am excited too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you are the first um, person I think that I've had an opportunity to interview about mediumship and talking some more about different aspects of your work, including the channeling bit. So before we go deeper into that, I just want to check in first and hear a little bit about you and your story, how you got into this realm with Reiki and intuitive work. Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) how long do you have? Um, (laughs) It's, um, it's, it's definitely not been a linear journey for me. I um, actually started, um, in corporate uh, work. I, um, right out of college, I was in technology and I worked in technology and I managed technologists and I climbed the corporate ladder rung by rung, purposefully, methodically, you know, with intention for almost two decades. And um, during that time, I knew I had great instinct. I used to pride myself on saying, oh, I have really good street smarts and, you know, I could see the big picture and I knew how to like put the things in place to make it happen and coach and lead my teams. And for a very long time, it was my purpose, Mm -hmm. but there was always something in the background, you know, kind of just poking me, poking me gently, you know, this idea of there's more, there's more to this life. There's more to this path. And as I began to open a little bit more and a little bit more to it, that's when I started to really recognize my intuitive gifts. And then in hindsight, I can look back over my entire life and know, you know, I've always been intuitive. I've always been a channel of some sort, even from a very young age, but I shut it down because, you know, I was walking around the world, like wide open. And um, I imagine uh, my family of origin was looking at me and the things that were coming out of my mouth. And they were a little bit nervous or, or fearful of it because my earliest, um, my earliest memories were of being told that you couldn't communicate with God except through the church. And that if you were connecting to the other side or, you know, we used to call it ESP back in the day, you know, like if you were connecting into something that wasn't here in the physical, that somehow you were inviting bad or evil into the family. And I remember being a very young child and thinking, wow, that is a big burden. You know, like if something were to happen in my family and it could somehow be my fault. And so even back then I was like, slam the door, didn't want any of that, but you know, fast forward a couple of decades. And here I was starting to explore how I knew things that I didn't know how I knew, but I knew that I knew them and, um, and how I then began to integrate that into my corporate work. And I had the side hustle where I was coaching people, you know, life coaching, business coaching. And that's really where I started to explore my intuition. And then slowly, 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 because I needed my un 
unfolding to happen at a pace that allowed me to really accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was guided out of corporate world and into more of the coaching and intuition and mediumship and channeling realm, which is how this part of my career or life uh, experience has unfolded. Yes, that's really interesting. And I like that you even start out by saying that the corporate world, that was, you know, a part of your path and your purpose at that time, because a lot of people have some regret. They look back at like, oh, what a waste of time that was. It's like, no, that was part of the journey. And now, you know, you are where you are. So I love that you point that out. But I have to ask because, you know, there are a lot of people who have experiences, maybe as children where they see things or they may look back hindsight and think like, maybe that was my intuition, but I didn't trust it. But then you've had some experiences and then you got to a point where you're like, well, let me go deeper into this. So was there a motivating factor for you? And did you take classes or was it just tuning into you? Yeah, I think the motivating factor was that at some point along the path, my soul really was like, baby, you know, you, you are here to explore this aspect of yourself and, and really get to know yourself in this deeper and deeper way. Like I really felt like two things I know about this life journey. One is that I'm here to learn how to be human, which is really counter to what I want to be here for, which is to learn how to be all ethereal and, you know, like, you know, like in that spiritual realm, but I'm really here to be to learn how to be human, but also to bring that human side of of me, that human aspect of me and the soul aspect of me together in the same moment and sort of live in that space of human and soul at the same time. So it's a really, it's like, it's really powerful recognition, but there were a couple of big things that happened along my path in my mid to late twenties. I found myself um, divorced with two small children working full-time in this corporate role, managing the side hustle coaching practice. And I felt like my life was literally gone off the rails. And, right. and I remember like the, the, the moment I was laying in bed one night, I just put my kids to bed. I was so exhausted. And I just called out to the universe to like anything, anybody, any energy being that would listen. I how do I, how do I do this? Like, how do I get my life back on, and I'll say back on track, but back on a track that feels aligned for me. And I heard like so loudly, you need to learn to love yourself. And I was like, oh, sugar, (laughs) right? That was so, but it was, it was like, not the, ooh, self-love, you know, kind of kitschy, but really like the invitation was to dive deep and learn how to love myself in that human soul way, you know, like find out who I am and why I'm here and what's the purpose of my experience and what exploration am I here to do? And it was all of that. And that really started the unfolding. And then little by little, as I said, things showed up, people showed up, experiences showed up that allowed me to start to, to, 
to look at these things at a deeper level. I didn't take classes per se, but you know, I really love the um, expression that when the teacher, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yes. Because over the course of the last 20 years or so, it has been like teacher appears, teacher appears, teacher appears. And not long ago, I actually heard the second part of that expression, which is, and when the student is really ready, the teacher disappears. Right. And so it's like, I would, I would learn what I was there to learn with the person or experiences, and then they would kind of go away. And then I, I had the opportunity to then figure out like, what aspects of this works for me? What feels resonant to me? And how do I create this, this experience, this practice, this process, not just for um, outwardly, but for my own inner, you know, growth and evolution. And so the funniest thing is that, th that there have been several times where I've been really inspired to take a class and then something would happen. The class wouldn't happen or it all of a sudden I couldn't do it at the time that the class was being offered. And so, you know, I kept asking my guides, like, what is happening? And they're like, this is because you're not here to follow what other people have already under, you know, understood for their experience, but you're here to create the experience for yourself and then how to help others, you know, pull them forward, help to teach and guide others to find their own path, the one that is true to their capital T truth mm -hmm. and, and not just this idea that there's one way to get to know yourself and love yourself and listen to your inner wisdom, there's not one way to do that. It's yeah. so unique based on each one of us. And yeah. so that's really been this, it's all, it's been a little bit of a frustrating experience too, because it's like, oh, it would be so much easier, right? This is my, my thinking mind saying, my ego mind saying, it'd be so much easier if I just had a manual, you know, and I could be like, okay, this is what you do. And this is how you do it. And this is how you connect. But the empowering piece of the work that I do and how, what I teach out into the world is, you know, you are each one empowered to learn your soul language and your soul's purpose and the way that you move about the world and your truth that doesn't have to look like anyone else. Yes. And, and, oh man, that is like my passion on passion on passion when I can help people to tap into that aspect of them mm -hmm. so that they can move about the world from that space. It's like nothing else that I do. It's so incredible. Well, I do want to go deeper into your work. And I had an opportunity to have a session with you just a few days ago. I believe it was, yeah, just a few days ago. Um, but I want to ask you just to clarify for people, because the different aspects of how you work are points of curiosity for so many people, of course. So I want to start with the mediumship piece. So if you could talk a little bit about and even explain to people who may not really know what that is, or what does that mean for you in the work that you do? What is a medium? What is mediumship? And how did this even come about for you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of different words and language that we use to describe um, these different access points into universal consciousness okay. and universal consciousness includes souls that were here once in this life experience that crossed into the non-physical, but also energy beings and guides and angels and all of the 
all of the energetic beings that exist within the universal consciousness as well. When we talk about mediumship, mediumship to me is a word that I use to describe my, um, my uh, connection to souls that were once here in the physical that have transitioned to non-physical. So, so people that walked in this physical life experience that passed on uh, and now exist in, in non-physical energetic being. And what I've learned is that the way that I work is I would call it all channeling. So whether I'm channeling universal consciousness, the greater consciousness, they call themselves in my work, whether I'm channeling guides or angels or other beings um, in that realm, or whether I'm channeling souls that have crossed over, it's all the same process for me. Mm -hmm. But in mediumship specifically, when I'm, I'm the connector to souls that have crossed over, I'm able to then dial up a soul or souls and, and bring through messages, information, uh, uh, you know, experiences. And, you know, a lot of times when souls cross over, they have these aha moments or moments of reckoning where they can look back on their life here in this human experience from a different vantage point. And so they often want to share that understanding with the loved ones that are still here in the physical, because it's so powerful to be able to not to apologize you know, necessarily, but to say, oh my gosh, I understand my journey from a different level and how it impacted your journey. So it's right. really, really a powerful way of being present and connecting into both physical and non-physical at the same time. I often call myself a reluctant medium and not so much anymore, but that was when I first started doing mediumship, I had what I consider uh, it was about a three-year negotiation with spirit. And I said, not doing it, not, I will do the intuitive work, the channeling, all of that. I love, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with, but, um, and I say this with so much honor and respect, I would say to my guides, I'm not going to talk to dead people. Like, that's mm -hmm. not what I, I, not what I'm here for. Like all I could picture because my experience with mediumship was a lot of like pop culture, you know? Right. And so I'm like, I'm not going to chase somebody through the airport or the grocery store to say, Hey, I have a message from, you know, your loved one. Right. Um, and so spirit kept coming back and saying, okay, well, if you were going to do mediumship, what would it look like? Well, at the same time, or in that same time frame, my grandmother passed away. And my grandmother and I were so close, like, like now knowing her in the non-physical realm, I understand our connection so much deeper, but she, um, she passed away. And shortly after she started coming back around me, she would be in my car when I'm driving down the highway. Like I could smell her perfume. I could sense her presence. She'd be in the kitchen with me when I was cooking. And as I started to explore the connection with her, it was just so safe and organic and, you know, um, I felt very open to it. And yeah. so, you know, I started to have conversations with her. She started to share information with me. And as that happened, it happened in other areas of my life. So when I was doing coaching work, all of a sudden the, you know, the loved ones would show up in my coaching practice, but I still, you know, I was still in this negotiation process with source. So I never really shared the information, but slowly, slowly, as I became more comfortable with it. And as it became more 
um, it felt more safe and that I could set good energetic boundaries. You know, I started to add that into the other work that, that I did. And I realized and recognized how important and how healing that work is, you know, and, and being like, it's such an honor and a privilege to be tapped on the shoulder by source to say, you know, we want you to do this work too. So, yeah. I think it's really interesting that you bring up the point of, um, because at first you said, you know, you're just wide open and like, listen, this is, I am not doing this, that you had your own negotiation, but that you got to a point where you were able to establish your own energetic boundaries. So I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about that and what that process was like for you to accept more of what you're able to do, because a lot of people may have some inkling or stirring about what they're capable of, but there's a huge fear that comes with that. And what if I can't control it? And what if I can't turn it off? I don't want to chase people through the airport, like you said. So how did it help you in learning how to establish those boundaries for yourself? Well, I think one of the big things for me was understanding that this wasn't a one-way, it wasn't a one-way street. So, you know, it wasn't, I didn't have to be wide open in the world all the time. In fact, you know, coming into the understanding that I was here to learn how to be human, this idea of being wide open and just serving the spiritual realm felt like such a contradiction. So when I was able to kind of sort that out and realize that, oh, I can design this co-create this with source and say, okay, here's, here's what will make me feel comfortable. Here's what feels resonant to me. And so I just laid down a bunch of rules, you know, that Mm -hmm. I, you know, my big one is that I walk around the world and not, I'm not open to everybody's passed on relatives, loved ones, friends, and so on that I can decide to be the one that initiates conversation. And so that gives me such um, an empowering way to work because then I'm the one that dials up the souls as opposed to the souls coming in. And it's funny because as I started the negotiation with Source, the big thing that created fear for me, well, there were two things. The first was that I could see a line of souls. And I thought, oh my gosh, like this is a never ending line. And once I show that I'm open, that I'm an open portal to this communication and conversation, it's just going to be never ending. So I actually created this waiting room. That was one of the first things I did. I created a waiting room and I basically said, okay, y'all, you get to sit in the waiting room, take a number. And when I feel inspired to work with you, I'll come and call the next number. So that was really big for me because then it didn't feel so oppressive. Like, oh my gosh, this was the thing that was going to be um, always in the forefront of my mind everywhere that I go. And the other thing is that even when souls don't um, honor the boundaries and some do not, that I can still choose in the moment whether or not to communicate through uh, their, you know, communicate with them or communicate a message through to someone who I might be having a conversation with. So those were really big, but the other really, honestly, the biggest fear in all of this was, you know, back to that, uh, my family of origin and being told, you know, that I'm, that I could be somehow inviting, you know, bad into my family. And so having sort of working through and starting to trust that I could open those channels up without the fear of creating damage, both to myself, to my family, to my loved ones, 
when I was able to do that and establish these boundaries, then I really felt safe to do the work that I'm that I'm doing today. You know, Amy, I'm glad you bring that up again, because before we go into the channeling and the intuitive coaching work that you do, I do want to ask if you can share that other side of the fence with people as well. So what is the benefit of, you know, if someone is like really wanting to have a session with you, maybe um, do some work with a medium, what is it that clients tend to experience? What is the benefit in that for them? So the benefit is for the mediumship specifically, the yeah. benefit is that, you know, often there are, um, there are un, unexplained or unresolved things that occur when someone passes over. Yes. And so um, a lot of times the people that I work with, though not always, um, you know, have experienced some kind of traumatic passing of a loved one, whether death by suicide or an accident or, or an, um, you know, an accidental overdose or things like that, where there wasn't the opportunity to say goodbye, but there also wasn't the opportunity to, to be able to say, you know, I'm sorry, I missed the signs. I'm sorry, I wasn't there enough for you. And to allow the soul who's crossed over to share their truth. Right. You know, and very often just in that exchange of information, there's peace that happens bi-directionally, right? The soul has more peace in how they exited the human experience. And those that are left here, and I say left gently, but those that are still here that remain in the physical experience can see the bigger picture. And so healing can begin because oftentimes when there's a traumatic experience, you know, even if in our intellectual mind, we can understand it, you know, it, it opens up the spaces within us and the aspects of ourselves that have this deeper rooted trauma this deeper rooted trauma response. And so a lot of times that ends up creating what, what, you know, they call a freeze mechanism in our body. And so we really do, when people say I'm not able to move forward after the death of a loved one, it's, it's, it's physiological. Like yeah. it's, it's in our human physical uh, vehicles that really is truth. And yes, there is, you know, the mind, the intellectual mind too, of not being able to grasp or grapple with some experience that's happened, but there's actually a, the body itself goes into this shutdown mode that, you know, this kind of information and communication can open up for people. Mm -hmm. It's very yeah. powerful. Yeah. And even you saying that like these different traumatic experiences that we have, it makes me think of on so many different levels, which I'm sure like even with uh, channeling work and coaching work that you do, we, we do encounter various types of traumas in our life experience. And sometimes just that clarity really does support the healing. And I do want to go deeper into that. But now that you said what you just said, I have to ask you about your book, because I also saw that you did author a book called Closer to Paradise. And it seemed yeah. like, like what a beautiful um offering. And I'm sure a lot of people would be able to relate to that story as well. So could you yeah. talk a little bit about your book and what inspired this? Yeah, absolutely. So my book, though, isn't a spiritual book, necessarily, mm -hmm. it is really the precursor to me, opening myself up to trusting myself and my journey so that I could be walking the path that I'm walking today. But my book is a memoir 
of a time when um, my then 16 year old son went through a very severe mental health crisis. And the crisis uh, took us through hospitalizations and suicide attempts and uh, residential treatment and, and, and. It was a journey of journeys for me. Um, and the, the book, the intention of the book was not to tell his story, though his story is certainly an aspect of it, but it was really to tell the story of what I learned about myself and what opened up for me and how I learned to fill my, my cup you know, first and put my oxygen mask on first and to take the time to self-care and self-love and self-advocate so that I could then show up stronger and more present for my son. And throughout that experience, it really, it really awakened parts of me that I both had to to look at and come to terms with some of my own trauma that was triggered by it. Um, but also to really embrace the bigger, right, the bigger purpose for what I'm here on this planet to do. And I feel like my journey has been a lot of, if you can't find it, build it. If you don't, if you can't learn it through, you know, some other mechanism, find a way to learn it and then teach it. And, you know, like many who've gone through crisis, um, I got to that sort of you know, a, a point in the crisis where I was looking for support. I was looking for other people who had gone through the same experience or were going through the same experience just so I could look across the table or, you know, over the phone with someone and they can go, yeah, I see you. I hear you. I know, you know, aspects of what you're experiencing. And as I kind of started down that path, I couldn't find anybody, you know, who was willing to talk about it, who was willing to share openly about it. And so I actually started writing a blog um, and just documenting my experience. Um, and that became like very quickly a place where, you know, people from over 30 countries were reading and commenting and sending me messages. And I recognized even before I started writing the book, that this experience was really a powerful experience and one that needed to be shared out into the world. Um, and that's how, my, that's how the book came about. But one of the things that I learned about crisis is that um, one of two things usually happens when we go through a crisis. It either defines us and we go into that freeze mode that we were talking about just a few minutes ago, or we can allow it to transform us. And so I chose the latter because I thought I, I hadn't gone through this experience so that I could shut the book, put it on the shelf and never look at it again and go back to normal, right? Whatever normal mm -hmm. was, but that it really was there for me to, to learn how to be more of who I am in the world. And, a lot, you know, and that transformation that happened because of the, of the experience really was the thing, as I said earlier, that put me on the path to where I am now. Yeah, that is yeah. so beautiful, Amy. I'm, I'm glad that you um, shared this with us and that you, you know, would even be vulnerable enough to share in a blog and then create a book. And listening to you say all of that, it, it amplifies, I think, for so many people, why it can be so invaluable to share and like really show up and um, have that vulnerability because not only is it healing for us, but you never know who else it will inspire yeah. to go down their own path of healing. But you also um, 
bring up that beautiful point of how these different challenges and these traumas, whether it's, you know, whichever kind we may experience in life and also the loss of loved ones, they really do give us these opportunities to um, crack open in some way or to change in some way, even if we didn't want to, because a lot right. of times <laughs> nobody signed up and said, hey, could something drastic happen to change me? Like who's saying that, right? Yeah. So but I, I love that you um, share that as a reminder for a lot of us that, you know, as hard as it may be and as painful as it can be, yeah. you never know what may be revealed if you allow yourself to go through yeah. that portal of transformation. So absolutely. Thank you for that. So I do want to now talk about um, this other aspect of your work as well. The channeling piece It's very exciting because (laughs) a lot of people are also curious about channeling. And I know that even that term can mean many different things to many people. So in relation to your work, what does it mean to be a channel? And you mentioned earlier that you do create or channel a group called the greater consciousness. So if you could just talk a little bit about who they are and how you tapped into them. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's really interesting and I agree. So I call myself an an intuitive medium, a channel, a psychic, a healer, a teacher, like there's all these names, right. Mm -hmm. But at the, but that's mostly for, um, helping people to identify with a word or term that really resonates for them so that they can understand conceptually the work that I do. In everything that I do, and I realized this over the last few years really strongly, is that everything that I do is channeling. And and everything that I do is channeling uh, universal consciousness, as I said earlier, guides and angels, uh, loved ones have crossed over. But in the channeling is different than even how I thought I was doing my work. Like as I described myself earlier in my practice, um, as I started doing this work as an intuitive, I assumed that somehow I was reading energy from people and that was sort of the way that it was working. But, but as I got deeper and deeper into my own practice, I started to realize, Oh, I'm getting information from universal consciousness through feeling, through words, through images. And then I'm translating that so that the words, I can use words that resonate with the person I'm working with. And so when I talk about channeling, that is channeling in all the ways. It's how I channel, you know, souls that have crossed over as well. You know, they, I feel them, I sense their personality, I sense their words and images, and then I translate it and it happens without thought. I translate it into words that I can then communicate with my clients or audiences, depending on the work that I'm doing. The greater consciousness is, um, is an, a group of energy beings that um, I have been channeling for a very long time, but only a few years ago, maybe five years ago now, they came to me and said, hey, you know, we really want you to call us by name. And I was like, okay, like, what does this really mean? Um, and so I said, okay, what is your name? And they said, we, we call ourselves the greater consciousness. And I said, okay, well, how do I describe you? And, and I love their description because it's different than anything that I've heard in the work and the, the seeking and the exploration that I've done. As they said, we are all of the wisdom that ever was and all of the wisdom that will ever be and all of the wisdom that's here right now in this time and space in every living being. 
And they said, so in essence, we are the infinite wisdom of the cosmos, right, of the universe, but we're also, this is the paradox, but we're also the infinite wisdom that resides within each and every being. And so when I'm working with the greater consciousness, then I am the connector between universal consciousness and the infinite wisdom that resides within each one of us. And so it's so beautiful because what happens is, is the information that they bring through is in direct relation to bringing up the wisdom, the knowing that's deep within us. And so, and as you experienced in our conversation, a lot of what they brought up was truths that you had already been even just a little bit, you had a little hint of, and they're like, oh yes, this, and then this. And you're like, um, I literally just had that conversation this morning. Yeah. And, and that's what I really love. It's not fortune telling, you know, as much as sometimes I wish that I could offer that to my <laughs> clients, like on this day, at this time, in this place, you're going to meet your partner or get your job or, or find your dream home. But what it's really about is how to open up ourselves to the deeper and deeper knowing of our capital T truth of who we are. And from that place, the manifestation happens. And from that place, we move about the world in a different way, right? That allows for us to be in wholeness and acceptance of that human part of us and that soul part of us at the same time. It's really magic. I mean, it yeah. just, it just, I don't have another word for it. No, I have to tell you, I mean, it was really interesting because, you know, um, when you do do sessions and holding space for other people, it can be a rare occasion that you're on the receiving end of that. So it was really nice to um, have the session with you. And um, I think one of the things I would love to tell people, especially people who may do similar work or these things, I think we all need sometimes to just hear the things to either remind us, encourage us, validate for us, like, yeah, that, that inkling that you have, it, it is a thing, you know, the universe is supporting you. So it can be um, very helpful for us, I think, in so many ways to get clarity through this type of work, again, to encourage us to keep going sometimes, or even just to know we are being supported, seen and unseen. Yeah. Because it can be sometimes where you just feel like, am I just swimming out here alone? Like what's, what's really going on? Why, am yeah. I, why do I feel the inspiration? Yeah. yeah. And I think too, for those of us that, that work in, in some way, shape or form in this realm, mm -hmm. that, that there are a lot of misnomers about how we're supposed to figure this all out ourselves. Now I told right. the story earlier about how, you know, it felt a lot like it was mine to figure out, but it was, I was never alone in it. Yes. You know, the people, the things, the experiences showed up for me. Right. So it was still a co-creative experience, but I seek out my own support, whether it's with intuitives or, or energy workers or, you know, whatever I need in the moment to support myself on this journey, because I am still in this human experience, you know, mm -hmm. and if I were just hanging out in this more high vibrate, you know, like that high vibration all the time, I wouldn't need to be here. Like I could be right. a non-physical doing this work, but that's not why I'm here. And so I coming into recognition that I am in a human body and that my human body has limitations that my soul body doesn't have. And so 
eating well and exercise and drinking enough water and taking care of my body, mind, and spirit is like paramount to the work that I do so that I can hold that space for others who are in that same experience. Um, I would be, I would be doing damage to myself to not be looking, you know, for ways, constantly ways that I'm supporting and uplifting and nurturing and nourishing myself. And I just want to say like in all transparency, I'm not good at it all the time. You know, I have to continue to go back to that space of reminding myself and remembering and knowing what my own love language is for myself, you know, and how do I nurture and nourish and what am I doing? What's happening under the surface when I'm not, you know, oh, because my ego mind can be like, girl, you got this. You don't (laughs) need this. You you know, like I have to really be aware and present and conscious so that I'm not um, causing myself harm in the work that I'm doing. And that was a big part of, of the mediumship thing too. Like I didn't, it was very important that I understood that balance to agree to do the mediumship work as well as all of the, all of the intuitive uh, universal consciousness work that I do. No, absolutely. And it's interesting because, you know, I always tell people a lot of the, the work that we um, associate with up here, you know, like intuitive, spiritual, whatever you may label it. I always tell people, I promise you, start with relationship with yourself. Start with the relationship with yourself, with yeah. being in body, like really nurturing, cultivating this relationship. And it'll be such a um, richer and I think more enjoyable experience with opening up to these other layers of your capability. So I do want to talk about um, this now, the type of work that you do, who you work with and who you support. But I have to ask you one more thing because you mentioned it a moment ago. Um, This transition that you made, because this is also another thing that a lot of people struggle with. And I imagine this must come up with your clients. So a lot of people are in corporate life, as I was as well. Um, we're in the corporate world and then you start to recognize about these things about yourself. You have these curiosities on and on and on, and you may feel called in an entirely new direction. How did you personally just trust that calling? And then also, um, just even publicly saying, this is who I am and what I do. Cause I imagine, you know, a lot of people also have a hard time, would have a hard time saying, yes, I can speak with people who are no longer informed. Yeah. So how did yeah. you own that? Ooh. Um, and in a way, um, the experiences that led up to me leaving my corporate job were, were so powerful that I, I really knew unequivocally that I was being asked to make the leap. Mm-hmm. And even at that time, I didn't know what I was leaping into. But I, I literally got to the place where I gave two weeks notice with no job lined up, no idea really what I was going to be doing other than I knew I needed to give myself a 30 day respite because it, you know, I had been in such the, uh, this vortex of, of challenging experience leading up to it, but also, um, I knew that I wanted to be doing coaching of some kind. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, I've been doing this coaching practice for almost a decade as a side hustle. I'll just start to build that. And it was just, it was really in that, 
coming to the point of trusting that I knew I didn't know what was coming, but I knew that I needed to make the step that everything just started to unfold for me. And literally when I quit my job, um, I took a little bit of time off, but then a book opportunity came to co-author a book with a group of women. Um, I ended up on the West Coast. I lived on the East Coast at the time. I ended up at the West Co- on the West Coast at a conference. And at that conference, you know, I, I met some people and ended up with an opportunity for p- perhaps a job, you know, and I was like, oh, do I want to go back to corporate right away? But that was sort of the thing that got me to move from the East Coast to the West Coast. And so things just unfolded in a very quick uh, momentum. And so six months from the time I quit, I had written a book, I had started my new business, I had moved from one coast to the other, I had had a calendar full of clients. And it was just magic. And it really was that one little step, of course, little big step of saying, I'm going to leap. And in this case, I really do trust that the net will appear. And I almost was at a point where I'm like, and if it doesn't, then I'm going to hit the ground and, you know, whatever comes next. Like I just was at that place. Um, but what's really interesting is that I, I, I have continued to do some corporate work over the years um, because one of the things that um, I found was that the work that I do, all of the work that I do in whatever aspect it is, is spiritual work. And I have this really hungry left brain that loves intellectual stimulation. And so even though I love, and I do so much of the practice of intuition and channeling and mediumship, you know, over time, like these little projects and opportunities would come that would allow me to sink my teeth into something that was sort of that cross between the woo woo and the not woo woo. Um, And and I continue to do that even to this day. And and to me, it is that balance that I need. It's that soul and human experience that we're talking about that allows me to be so much more fully present in all of the work that I do. So it, but, but I will say that I pushed against it for several years, you know, and even when I decided to offer an intuitive business uh, coaching as part of my practice, it was like, really universe, really, you want me to go back and do this when, you know, I thought I was done with that. And they were like, oh no. Mm -mm." So I, and I'm telling, I'm sharing that part of the story because I think it's so important for people to understand that just because we're called away from something that no longer serves us, it doesn't mean that it will always no longer serve us, that there may be aspects of it that do circle back around when you're at a different place in your evolutionary process, where now you realize, oh, I can actually show up in a heart-centered way and influence my experience and perhaps even influence the overall experience from a place of, of connected to my truth, from a place of deeper knowing of myself. So it's really powerful. And I laugh, my guides are laughing even now as we're talking, cause they're like, we knew that you were going to bring this up because sometimes I don't because it just doesn't come up in conversation. But I think that it's really important that for me to both own Um, and accept and embrace that I have all of these aspects of myself in this human journey. Why deny any part of that, you know, and when, because when you deny any part of you, then you end up not being in wholeness in the deeper invitation that's here today. 
I love that. And I think it's a beautiful reminder for so many people because some people feel like they're supposed to completely abandon one part of their life for another. And it's not necessarily because it's a calling as much as they feel like they're supposed to. And so then this like internal war kind of starts to wage with them. But I have seen many people, they may step out of corporate, go completely deep into like self-exploration and then circle right back into corporate or people who balance both in their own way. Because, you know, I mean, really, truly our practice shows up in every aspect of our life. Every aspect. Since you bring up the business, intuitive business coaching, I have to ask you about this um, and who it's for, because a lot of people are curious about starting out their own businesses, becoming entrepreneurs or stepping into this type of work. But is your intuitive business coaching just for people within this realm or is it for people that have a nine to five as well and just want clarity on their path? Yes, all of the above, all of okay. the above. I think that the, the beautiful thing and, and really the intuitive business coaching that I do is really the marriage of the two things that I just talked about, right? Yes. So it's that business, intellectual business side of me um, and all of the years that I fine tuned those, those skills mm-hmm. and the intuitive side of me and all the years that I fine tuned those skills. And so I can work with with a person who's in a nine to five, who just is looking for clarity about how do I, how do I take my nine to five to the next level and staying in a corporate or business situation? Some are, I'm in a nine to five and I want to move into this new, you know, create my own business, launch my own practice of some kind. I work with companies that are like, we have been, we have brought in all kinds of consultants we can't figure out why this isn't working for us. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful part of this, this offering is that I can look at their process, both from a business standpoint, like what are the key indicators and, um, and places where there might be blocks from a tactical perspective. And then I can run it from an energetic perspective. And it's like, oh, your process actually is pretty fine tuned, but there's a block energetically within the leadership team or within the belief system of the corporate culture, that's not allowing you to fully step into how you want your business to show up in the world. So Mm -hmm. it, it can be all of those things. And it's really like any work that I do every single session and every single client corporate or individual or audience based, it's all so unique because it's about the energy of that moment and what's really needed to come through. So it's, it's, you know, it's often, it's hard for me to say like, what kind of clients come to find you? Because it's like everybody from every walk of life, from every look, feel, from every background and experience who is looking for some, some help in exploring, you know, what may be blocking what they are feeling pulled, their soul is pulling them towards, and they can't quite figure out how to, to navigate across the, you know, the crevasse of I'm standing here and I see what's there and how do I build the bridge to get there? Yeah. And I just want to highlight too. So it's, so people are clear, you don't only offer sessions with intuitive business coaching. People can also work with you, um, do intuitive coaching work and um, this type of thing, even with other areas of life. So I just want to make sure that we do talk a little bit about that as well, because, you know, 
we need to all understand what you're doing, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) So what is it that you offer? And are we able to work with you remotely now? Yes. Not just in person? Yeah, actually, my business has almost been primarily remote all along. Um, I did have an office pre-COVID for one day a week just because I had people that really wanted to see, you know, like have their sessions in person. But the majority of the sessions that I do and have always done have been just over the phone um, sessions. And it doesn't matter for me energetically whether I'm face to face with somebody in the same space or because energy is energy is energy. So once I connect in with the greater consciousness, with the energy of the client, it's all there. You know, the, the lines are created no matter where we are in the world. And I see clients from all over the world. Um, so yeah, which makes it really lovely. Yeah. But what, what do I do? I mean, like I said earlier, I call everything that I do channeling. Mm-hmm. I say primarily people come to me for, uh, for the three primary things. So first is the intuitive um, channeling sessions, which is Uh, you know, a one hour reading that, as I said, connects the greater consciousness with the inner wisdom. And then we talk about whatever's on the heart of the client. And it can be anything from, you know, very uh, spiritual path to really like, am I going to find a house before I lose my, you know, housing, or it can be anything, you know, with partnerships, with business, with all life components. Um, The other thing is mediumship, as we talked about before. And then the third is the business intuitive um, coaching. But when I do, oftentimes what happens is I do a a 60 minute reading with somebody and, and what comes up for them, they say, okay, I have all of these things now to think about and consider and put into action. Can I work with you? to continue to have accountability and, and see, help me um, walk this path of unfolding. And so then people will come to me and do a series of coaching sessions. And very often, um, unlike um, other coaching practices that I've seen, I don't lock people into a long-term coaching agreement because this work is deep. And so very often two, three, four, six max sessions spread out over a period of time that, w- that works for the clients unfolding is, is really what people need to say, okay, now I have enough to start to explore, to tune into my inner knowing and start to walk this path on my own and then come back when it's, you know, like, okay, I feel like I've gotten as far as I can get with everything that I have discovered now help me to move these blocks or navigate these blocks to move forward again. And that to me is just this beautiful dance of, of how, again, people are empowered because they're choosing empowerment through this work to then go off and explore how to put things into place that really resonate with their capital T truth and not like this six step prescriptive way to get to their dreams or manifest their things, but to really explore how do I make this integrate this as part of the way that I live my life so that as things come up, as we experience crisis or trauma, or even just, um, you know, bumps in the road that we, we find ways within ourselves to navigate those in different ways than we did in the past. You know, it's interesting with you saying this, what's coming up for me in the background is how healers have healers and coaches have coaches. And 
Um, something you mentioned a while ago, how a lot of people have the idea that if they are doing this type of work that they're not supposed to necessarily need help. But um, I know, and I fully believe in how impactful it is to be supported and to receive coaching, regardless of what you personally do for work or what position you may be in. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so beneficial for all, all of us. And I think of even that aspect of us being so communal by nature and even unconsciously how, how much it can support us to have someone in our corner, so to speak, knowing that there's someone there that yeah. is cheering us on, encouraging us that we can just have that openness with, especially if maybe there aren't people in our personal lives that we feel may fully understand or, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's just nice to get like a non-biased kind yeah. of guide in our process. So yeah, that's all. Yeah. Really it's really important. You know, one of the things um, that I teach and have taught over the, the years is this idea of having a personal board of directors. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, establishing like, who is your circle? And in that circle, it can be like friends that, you know, you can trust with your deepest, um, you know, awareness or sorrows or self, um, you know, self loss. And, and, but there's also healers and teachers. And like in my, in my board of directors, I have a chiropractor, I have an energy worker, you know, I have, I have a, a, a soul sister circle that sits yeah. there, you know, it's those places where when we put these, you know, boards of directors together, when things are feeling smooth in our lives, then we can turn to them and know these are my, these are, you know, this is, this is who can support me when I really need support. You know, when I quit my corporate job, I had a group of, of really um, amazing women around me, but, but some of them I realized were not on my board of directors, Um, you know, because they couldn't hold space for this huge life decision without projecting their fear, their scarcity, their stories onto the, you know, onto the, discussion. In fact, I had a really close girlfriend that all she kept saying was, you're going to end up bankrupt and you're going to end up living on the street. And I was like, I so (laughs) see this as your experience. And I also know that for these types of things in my life, you're not my person for that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so gently and lovingly moved her out of my board of directors, you know, and filled it in with somebody that can hold space for not not necessarily just saying yes, yes, yes to everything, but really saying, huh, and have you looked at this aspect from a place of loving support and not fear and scarcity. But I think that having that board of directors or whatever name we want to call it, circle of influencers, or having that support structure in place for all of us, whether we're in spiritual practice as a business or not is, is really critical to being able to navigate the ups and downs and ebbs and flows of this human journey. Yeah. And that's one of the beautiful things I love about say intuitive coaching and whether you're channeling or however, you know, you you work um, in that realm is because you as the messenger, we'll call you Mm -hmm. gets to step out of the way and just allow information to come through from a higher space for the person. So there isn't 
any of your personal Amy's opinion or oh, yes. um, <laughs> biased attached, but really yeah. stepping aside and holding that space like cleanly yeah. for the person um, that is coming for session. It's so yeah. important. It's actually the thing that I say before every session. It's allow mm-hmm. me to move myself out of the way so I can be the cleanest, clearest channel for the wisdom that needs to come through. Absolutely. And, you know, and I've had lots of practice where I've worked with clients who, boy, their experience mirrors an experience that I've had. And, you know, and I have this dual conversation really going on often with the greater consciousness as I'm doing a session, which is like, you know, I, sometimes I'm asking questions and sometimes I'm like, please give me the words that are for this client and not my opinion. I don't, I don't feel good about bringing that through. And I've had a couple of clients, only a few over the years, but I've had a couple of clients that came back that really were like, that was your, that's your story. And that's not my story. And da, da, da. and I, I had to just go inside and say, was I the clearest, cleanest channel in delivering the information, whether it was similar to my story or not. Right. Um, and, you know, each time I got the information that, no, you were a clear, clean channel. It's just hitting on their triggers. And so it's easy to project that back and say, well, that's your story and not my story. And it's like, I can be uh, in a place of, of groundedness that I know that I showed up in the most clear way I can also recognizing I have a human filter, of course, you know, and so being able to really be in awareness of that filter and to feel, to know internally when, when a client's experience is hitting on my own human experience and to be able to go, you know, I don't need my thinking mind, my personality mind to leave the room. I actually want them, that aspect of me to be present, but they do need to be sort of off to the side in the process, right? But I don't want to deny that aspect of me either because it's part of the whole of who I am. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I totally understand. Very powerful. Yeah. And I'm very thankful that you came to have this conversation, one, to share your beautiful work with the community, but also, you know, giving some more understanding and clarity around this type of work. Because again, depending on who you ask, I mean, even the terms medium and channel can mean a variety of things. And some people may have fear because of, I mean, very similar to your experience of what this all means and what it could possibly be. So it was beautiful to hear your story and the journey that you've taken. So I have to ask before you go, um, where can we find your book? And then also what are the best ways for people to get in contact with you? Website, social media. Yeah, thank you. So my book, actually, everything is on my website at amywhite.co. Um, all the links to my social platforms. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm sometimes on Twitter, but not as much anymore. Um, I really like Instagram. I'm on YouTube. So people can go to my YouTube channel and watch past open channeling events I've hosted and different um, free um, uh, trainings and free uh, workshops that I've offered over the years. In fact, I still have one that's up there that's um, called 2020, a time of evolution, which even though it's, even though it's um, an older, you know, title, it's still, the information is so relevant to time now. Um, So yeah, I'm very, I'm trying to be more active um, on YouTube because I think it's really powerful. 
Um, my book is on my website. I just got notification that it's sold out on Amazon. So this week I'm, I'm working to get that re, uh, reestablished, but um, I have books here. And then if you order from me, I will sign them when I send them out, um, which I just love to, I love to do because I love to tap in and tune into the energy of the people who are buying the book as well. But okay, yes, cool. that's, um, it's all there on my website. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I did want to let people know on your website, amywhite.co, if you look at the top, there's a banner that says you can click for that free channeled video series, um, A Time of Evolution. And in fact, I can't wait to listen to that. And then on Instagram, um, for those who love to follow on Instagram as well. I know it's like really great. I got to get better on that <laughs> space. But Ms. Amy White, that's M-Z Amy White on Instagram. So yes. be sure to follow. Be sure to visit Amy's website. And again, my love, thank you so much for coming oh. to share. Oh, and thank you for my beautiful session. <laughs> well, thank you for it's an honor and a privilege to be here and to be um, able to have channeled the session for you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. So I'm sure everyone will love it. The links for everything, your website, your book, your Instagram will all be down in the show description. And we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.